laughing all the way to the Ladies and gentlemen, it's another edition of the Spread Brothers Podcast, formerly known as the Spread Podcast. It's yours truly, it's Jordan, a.k.a. J.L. As always, I'm here with my brother, my buddy, my betting confidant, my number one guy, Marcus, a.k.a. Marky Mark. Marcus, big week for us. Picks actually matter this week. We're doing a full slate. Six picks. Three for me, three for you. The pressure is mounting. How are you handling it? I have a like a weird nervous energy, not in a bad way. It's like way I feel right now is like how I felt going to playing in a game when I was still playing sports, not just betting on sports. I'm really excited. Last week, kind of a dud. We'll talk about it, but it was week zero. Didn't matter. This week matters. Did a ton of homework, feeling really good about our picks. And um, I'm just really excited. This is awesome. College football's here. Fans in the stands were a week away from NFL. Life is good. Yeah, man. I hate to sound corny, but it legitimately feels great to be back in the saddle with you again. Like giving six picks a week is something we've been doing for years. And when we get to this time of year, it's just it's magical. And I I I love it. I'm glad we're getting more people involved with the podcast. Every year it gets bigger and better. And I think this year we have a lot to conquer from last year. A lot of, a lot of accomplishments to up. How much more can we raise the bar is going to be the question, but I think we can. I think we're going to knock it out of the park this year because we just keep getting better. We got six picks. Six picks this week. Six. I'll say this. I woke up this morning, and if anyone lives in the Midwest or close to St. Louis, where I'm at, knows it's been hotter than Satan's ball sack this summer. I woke up this morning, went outside, took a deep breath. It was nice, and like it was like 79, which is really cool for St. Louis right now. And it just smelt and felt like football. And I just had like a half chub, three-quarter chub about al dente. I mean, if it smells like it and it feels like it, it's probably it, you know? I mean, we're, as we're recording right now, we're 30 minutes away from kickoff of a top five team. I mean, we're here. It's here in our face. Yeah, so I should add, it's it's uh, currently about 6.30 um, Thursday night. The energy's high. Like, this is, if we don't put a good podcast down tonight, then we suck. But I don't think we will. <laughs> I'll, join, I'll join Cam Newton. I'll stop yeah. doing my job. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got we got a big old pile of picks for you guys tonight. We're so excited to get things going, man. It just feels good. Um, Marcus, before we jump into the picks, though, we do have to recap what happened in week zero. And just a disclaimer for any of the haters out there, week zero doesn't matter. We've never seen these teams. We were just picking them, just going off the cuff. But I will say this. We were so off on Nebraska. <laughs> oh, my that God. It's, that it's crazy. Like, they... I, I made a comparison last <laughs> week. 
that I don't know if I'll ever be able to live down. Honestly. All right, sorry. I was saying that Adrian Martinez was doing quote unquote Pat Mahomes shit in the spring game. <laughs> Dude, it's okay. How much more how much more wrong could you be? I mean, they looked terrible. I also fact-checked the podcast last week. I said that Kaepernick was a top-five pick in the draft. As soon as I listened to it, I realized that that was just word vomit, and I'm an idiot. So, week zero was a head-scratcher, um, but Adrian Martinez looked like the worst Division One quarterback in the Power Power 5 conference I've ever seen. Um, Nebraska is awful. Awful. Their coach looks clueless. Um they were so bad. So bad. Yeah, I, I dude. It says something when the first score of the game is a punt return where the guy like tries to rouge it. Like he he caught it in the end zone. Like tried to like step like he had no idea how to return a punt. And JL, then dude, I read online. This is gonna blow your fucking mind. I read online that their special teams coach teaches them to catch everything in front of the 12-yard line. I think it's the 12-yard line is what I read. Not like the 20, not like the 10, or you like, you know, like what you coach. Like, hey, if it's inside the 15, let it go. Like a normal Yeah, guy. like a regular number. No, they're saying can... like 12. So they're putting this kid out there. And if I'm not mistaken, this isn't the first time Nebraska's got screwed in the in the last five years on special teams plays. I can't pick them out of the top of my head, but I know for a fact this has happened to Nebraska in the past. And what the fuck? Why were you trying to catch the ball at the five-yard line? You would never return a punt for me ever again. You'd be fighting for your scholarship at this point. If I was the coach, your scholarship would be gone. You'd be, hopefully you could play the trumpet, Bobby trombone, Boucher, Waterboy. Right. You Maybe you get a Waterboy spot. I don't know. But the fact that he tried to catch that punt shows how poorly coached this team is. And Nebraska is a shit show. Bad. I have, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth right now and I'm going to fess up. I fucked up. That is a terrible, <laughs> terrible Awful excuse for a football team. And have your way with them. Bet against them all fucking year. Because they will not win shit playing like that. Their head coach looks like such a dweeb, too. You know, I got to give it to Illinois. Because I don't know if they have a ton of talent. But they looked at least ready to go somewhat. Nebraska looked lost. I mean, it was bad. It was. I tweeted after the first quarter that may have been the worst first quarter of college football I've ever seen. It was horrible. No, absolutely. And I, I, I did something that you hate, Marcus, and I hedged against Nebraska immediately. I well, said, I'm betting on Illinois to win this game right now because Nebraska is not a football team. They are not going to win shit. I was being blinded. I was being blinded by our own pick. And I was like, nah, just let it ride. Like, let's stay calm. But you were right. You hedged out of it. So, really, you came out even. But I was sitting there when we were talking on the phone, just like, nah, let it ride. Like, there's a lot of time. But by the third quarter, I was like, thank God he hedged. Because this is a fucking nightmare. 
They they looked absolutely terrible. I mean, the big the bottom of the Big Ten is going to be ugly this year, and Nebraska is the case focus of that thesis. I'm getting scientific on y'all asses tonight. <laughs> thesis is out here, man. So we'll go we'll go to my pick. So UCLA. Hawaii over started out couldn't have started better. Thirty one, thirty four, and like Marcus the first hate, quarter. Hate, I hate to inter- I hate to interrupt you right now, what? but I, I just want to add it was a pick, but it doesn't matter. This isn't no. on the spreadsheet. We were very clear that week zero didn't count because we'd never seen these teams. We were just picking to pick, and I'll take the blame on that because you didn't want to pick. I talked you into making picks because I was so goddamn excited. You think I was excited last week? Wait till I get into my picks this week. I'm just telling you, UCLA, Hawaii, over. Started out great. In the first quarter, I thought I could go to bed at halftime and just take a nap. But the old classic, you know, it got out of hand. They took their guys out, and then the game just stalled. It's like 31-34 in the first quarter. So the live I didn't want to go double bad juju because I'm not going to lie, I saw this live line at like 81 in the first quarter and I just knew that UCLA had Hawaii outmatched at such a great degree that there was no way that UCLA was going to be playing their guys after the second quarter. So I knew this thing was going to just die. But uh, I think you had your your head in the right place, Marcus. I, I'm not trying to dog you. Well, I what I, I said, if you go back and listen, I expected one team to score in the 40s, maybe the 50s. And I said on our podcast, if Hawaii can score 20 points, it'll cover easily. They just laid an egg. And I think UCLA is a lot better than what I gave them credit for. I think they're a pretty damn good team. They got a lot of talent all over the field. And Hawaii was just so outmatched. They were lost. Um, but no, you know, it didn't, it doesn't count. We had to talk about it, but it doesn't count. This week counts. It definitely counts. So all you social media people out there, you can take us to the bank on this one, but you probably won't take us to the bank. You'll be taking your bookie to the fucking bank because we're winning this week. Okay. Um, I really want to jump in to the NCAA picks, but Marcus, there are a few NFL things I I want to talk about because oh. let's face it, I have a guess have... on I have a guess on one of them. Really, do you? <laughs> so we do have to pick NFL in a week from now. Like we're back, we are fully back next week. I'm geared up, so I'm ready. So we got we got to keep our pulse on the NFL. Um, one one thing I'll start with. One thing I'll start with is Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. We ragged on the Jaguars and how terrible their team looked. They named Trevor Lawrence the starter. They come out the next week, and Trevor Lawrence looks like he's been playing NFL quarterback for 15 years. I mean, he looked amazing. Just throwing perfectly placed balls, having great timing. So I'm going to slightly retract how much I trashed the Jaguars previously because I think maybe Trevor Lawrence could be that good. I don't know. But 
that that showed a, a glimmer of hope for the Jacksonville faithful. And uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, maybe he could transcend how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars could be this year. Marcus, what do you think? So, I think Trevor Lawrence looked really good against the Cowboys in that preseason game. Um, but you have to think, the Cowboys aren't playing really any of their guys. A few here and there. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is great. I, I I said I think he could win or could contend for Rookie of the Year, but I just think the Jaguars are going to be terrible. They're going to be so bad. Their defense is awful. He's going to get killed. I think he's going to have a, a decent season statistics. I don't think he's going to throw a ton of interceptions, but I think he's going to get sacked a bunch, and I don't see them winning a lot of games. I bet they're competitive in some, um, but we'll see. He he He's your prototypical NFL quarterback. He's, he's His footwork's great. His timing's great. It's a quick release. His ball flight's beautiful. His ball flight reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Like he he just puts a lot of zip, but he can like get the ball to drop on a dime. He he's really good. But I'm not buying the Jaguars. I would like to see Trevor Lawrence go somewhere else, and I think he could have like a Hall of Fame career. Well, I mean, given his resume, anything but that would probably be considered a flop. Unfortunately, I mean the kid has done everything in the sport up to this time. So that's that's uh, definitely one of the things I took away from NFL preseason. A lot of the NFL teams are just kind of letting that week three preseason become a wash. They're looking forward to it's cut know, week. the real it's, deal. It's cut week. It's guys, yeah. they're playing the guys who are fighting for a job. Right. So next week is going to be the real deal. We'll pump the brakes on the NFL on uh, much more analysis. Other than, I will say, Marcus, I had a little bit of a of a crisis this week. And I know you're... I, I know that you know what I'm about to say. Will Greer, future Hall of Fame quarterback, was cut by the Carolina Panthers. Unbelievable. But, you know, I I had about, you know, 20 hours of just self-reflection and also am I worth anything as a football evaluator? Do I need to hang it up? Well, we had a talk. We had a talk on the phone that you were going to do like a, a memorial for Will Greer on this podcast once he got cut. Like we were going to play a song and you were going to say like a nice goodbye. And I thought it'd be a nice, peaceful way for some closure on this Will Greer thing. But America's team, baby, they came to the rescue. Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought Will Greer was going to have to go to the CFL to continue his football career. Honestly, because the Panthers just haven't given him a shot at all. They put him in the worst situations all the time. But... The Dallas Cowboys stepped up to the plate and they said, this kid's got talent. This kid's got something. He's got it. And and they, I agree with them. And it looks like he could be the backup for Dak Prescott in Dallas. So, um, I, I hope the best, you know me, I, I think Will Greer is an NFL caliber quarterback. 
And it's just a matter of time before he finds the right strokes, so to say, and the right system. So, and and I also think that the Cowboys offense is a great fit for him. A lot of shotgun, good receivers. I think that's somewhere he could get developed and actually turn into someone who's worth a shit. So I'm just letting you get it off your chest at this point. Hey, I love Will. I hope he has a great career. He's just got to show me something. I, I don't know. I'm glad he got picked up. I hope he's the backup for Dak because, let's be honest, with Dak, how injury-prone he is, if Will Greer's the backup, there's a pretty good chance he's got a, he's got a shot at starting a game because Dak can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's for sure. And I and I, one thing I noted about this trade move was that the week previous to the Panthers letting Will Greer go, um, the Cowboys had put one of their quarterbacks on one of the backups on the practice team and had released the other. So they were positioning themselves for picking up a quarterback. Um, you can't have two quarterbacks in a regular season. I, I mean, that's uh, it's too much of a liability. And I think, I think this was a more orchestrated move than what people might think. There might've been, a, you know, some pre acquisition talks going on that made this happen at least i'd like to think but anyway best of luck will i love you buddy we're gonna get him one of these days trust you if he if he makes it to like the hall of fame and pulls a miracle out of his ass you deserve to be there like he has to go back and listen to this look at your tweets and just be like that's my biggest fan this 30 year old man is my biggest fan and you should be at his Hall of Fame inductee ceremony. I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> All right, Marcus, we're going to jump right into some NCAA picks. Like I mentioned, we got six picks. A full slate. Just like just like we do every year. We're back. We're back in the flow. We're ready to start winning again. There's a lot of college football games this weekend so be careful if you're a listener to this podcast this is what i'll advise you of try to pick a few because there's like a hundred games this weekend try to just stick to a few probably our picks stick to ours but don't end up at 8 p.m on sunday wondering if you need to make your 18th bet of the weekend on like a pack 12 west coast game don't be that guy. We're going to guide you. Cuz that's a slippery fucking slope. Yeah, you got to be you got to be really careful this weekend because it's like it's like anything. You don't have it for a while. Let's say you don't have uh have like a let's say you like tacos and you haven't had tacos in a year and you go eat some tacos. You may like the smart thing is just to have like four or five, you know, maybe three to four, whatever, how however hungry you are. But then, if you have like 10 or 12 tacos, you get sick. So, I'm comparing tacos here to betting games. Especially if if you go to a restaurant and you're like, I haven't had tacos for a year. And they're like, here's 100 tacos. Well, there's going to be guys out there who bet every game Saturday and Friday. And it's going to get, it's just going to get out of hand. 
If you're the guy, if you're a guy that's going to bet a lot of games, maybe maybe parlay, maybe just do a parlay to keep it respectable. But I'm telling you, we've learned, we've learned the hard way. Betting every game of the weekend is not a recipe for success. No, you got to pick, you got to pick the ones you like, have the reason, have a clear reason why this is going to work and then attack. And Marcus, that's exactly what we're about to do for our listeners right now. It's a long season, folks. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We're not going to get rich week one. Watch a lot of football. You don't have to bet it all. But we need to be dialed in watching a lot of football. Absolutely. This uh, One last thought, and then we'll jump into the picks. Sorry to tease everyone here. But especially with buzz. college football, we don't really know yet what these teams have. A lot of question marks are still out there. So it's going to be very important that if you're better of football – College football, you watch as many of these games as you can. Even if you're not betting them, just watch them. Try to get an edge. Try to see what you can see. That's what me and Marcus are going to be doing, no doubt. So use this weekend as a farming grounds. Lay your seeds. And then next week, we'll water the plants. Following week, those plants are going to be growing money. You're going to be plucking $100 bills from the branches of your plants. I'm so excited for this weekend. I already have planned what I'm having for lunch Saturday during the West Virginia game. I I already know what I'm eating. I have it picked out. There's no planning that needs to be, or no like reaction choices that need to be done Saturday. It's just football. I have everything decided already. That's perfect. Marcus, let's not give too much away. I'm going to kick things off with my first pick. Of the NCAA college football season. Are you ready? I couldn't be more ready. Well, let's do it. My first pick of the year in NCAA college football is going to be UNC taking on Virginia Tech on the road. They're going to be at Virginia Tech. This line might make some of you flinch, but I love this line and I think it's going to probably cover late third quarter and that line is unc over 34 and a half points i know it's a big number that 34 and a half seems big but let me break this down for everyone unc is going to be featuring a quarterback in sam howell that is going to be a heisman candidate this year they're one of the most potent passing offenses in college football last year Sam Howell can spin it. And what I'm seeing across the ball is a perfect recipe for Sam Howell to have a four-touchdown game, and this covers no problem. Virginia Tech placed 108th in college football. That's the bottom quarter of teams in college football in yards per game allowed on defense in the passing game. They picked a bad team to come against week one because Sam Howell is going to be licking his chops and he's going to be dicing this defense apart. I don't need to go any further. We're taking UNC over 34 and a half points 
to get our season started on a win. Marcus, your pick. Great pick, by the way. We've been big on UNC. Virginia Tech's in trouble. One way you look at it, they're in trouble. So, my first pick, going to the Big Ten. Going, you know, prime a good big-time game here. Top 20 game. Iowa, minus four, versus Indiana. We're at Iowa. Couple reasons why here. Indiana's quarterback, Michael Penix. Don't get it confused with penis. It's Penix. Torn ACL last late late last season. I don't know how active he's been um this spring, summer, but he's projected to start. They say he's gonna start. So I don't think he's gonna be as sharp as everyone thinks. Um Spencer Petros for Iowa, their quarterback, fourth year in the program, stability all the way. Iowa has one of the best offensive lines in the country. They got a great running back. He had 5.3 yards per carry last year. Yeah, I think Iowa runs the ball really well, controls the game, wins this by. I think it's going to be close. I'm a little terrified if this game ends like on a game-winning field goal, but Iowa at home, I like them to win by 10, maybe like a 27-17. And, uh, yeah, my first pick of the season, it's a big one, Iowa minus four. I do like this pick because I see this as a one-possession game. This is going to be a really good game. This is going to be one you're going to want to watch and to me, I see this as a one-possession game, whether that's a touchdown or a field goal. That's yet to be seen, but I do like the bet on Iowa. This is going to be a good year for them. Got a lot of guys coming back. Marcus, I love the pick, buddy. Good job. Thank you. I'm going to keep things rolling. I've got a pick here that's going to fall in tradition to something this podcast has done for many years. We have a little pick every week. If you're not familiar, we have this pick every week. It's known as the dog of the week. I love the dog of the week. Love the and dog we of have the week. A, we have a massive dog. A dog that might even make some uncomfortable. But for me, I am one of the dogs and I'm slobbering with my tongue out. Just like all these other dogs. And that dog is Miami at home. They're getting 19 and a half points against football's sweetheart in the college realm, Alabama. A lot of people coming into the season, I think this is going to be a very green pick for betters. They're just going to come in and say, oh, I'll just bet Alabama what you want and just win some money because Alabama covers the spread. It's not going to be the case this year. Miami on their offensive line. And I'm a big trenches guy. Right, Marcus? Yep. I know that. Here's a, here's a stat for y'all to chew on why I'm going to pick this. And I don't care if it doesn't hit because this is important to me. Miami's offensive line has a college football record of combined starts on that offensive line. 
They are the most experienced offensive line in college football history. Uh? And you pair that with the playmaking ability of Derek King, his ability to extend plays, get a great defense on their heels. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than a lot of Alabama betters would like to think. And I think it's going to it's going to burn a lot of people. I'm sorry, but Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama, still has a lot to prove. He hasn't proven anything. He's still got to play. It's going to be a hostile environment in Miami. Huge game. And I see Miami walking out covering this 19 and a half. I see this a two-possession game. Alabama probably pulls ahead in the second half. They probably have the depth to put them away late. But I think Alabama will sweat a lot of this game. And I do think Miami covers this 19 and a half. No problem. My dog of the week pick, Miami, 19 and a half points at home. Let's go. If you go back to our, I think our first podcast this year, when we kind of just ran down college football, Miami was one of the teams that I said to watch out for. That was before I knew that they had the most experienced college offensive line in college football history. I mean, that's saying something. And and for football guys, like football purists like ourselves, when you tell me they have an offensive line that's played more games combined than any offensive line ever, how do you not how do you not take them? I know it's Bama, I know it's Alabama. But with Miami and that offensive line and the talent they have and the speed they have, I think they can match Bama on the edge. That's where Bama always gets people up front. And they get on the edge, and they're fast. So Miami may have a good good chance of equalizing the line of scrimmage. So really, really looking forward to that game. Same. I've talked to you through this before, but my approach this week, because we don't really have the scoop on a lot of these teams yet, I'm going situational. I'm talking a quarterback who hasn't had his first start in a power five game yet top 25 game in Miami. They are going to be ape shit in Miami on Saturday for my, for, for Alabama to cover this would be such a statement by Alabama early that, I mean, you'd have to think, like we're going to get that on the tail end at some point with Alabama because they're just going to steamroll everyone. So, well, I'm taking I, I'm taking the contrarian view here and saying people are going to get burned on Alabama this weekend, and and Miami's going to surprise some people. Well, I agree with you there. If if Alabama wins this game by 21, 28 points, I think you're looking at the national champion because. I think Miami has every capability to be a top 10 team this year. And if Alabama steamrolls them week one at their place, uh, I mean, it's just going to be another year of Alabama football. But Bryce Young's got to prove himself. He's good. He's supposed to be really good. But we'll see. That's going to be a hostile environment. Good pick, Jay. I mean, here's the thing. You don't go to Alabama unless you're good. But you got to prove it on the field. And it's going to be a big stage. So, very interesting game. Very interesting game. 
Miami had a great recruiting class coming into this year. Their talent is well known, and they have an experienced offensive line. It's a recipe for success. But can Miami handle the pressure playing Alabama? If Miami doesn't make mistakes, if they don't do stupid shit, because Alabama rarely makes – they make you beat them. They don't beat themselves. I, I just hope Miami doesn't beat themselves. I think that they're an underdog and they're going to come with the energy to hang, especially first half. I sure hope if so. If you don't like that 19 and a half, take Miami plus 10 first half. I mean, I don't know. I think I they're, think they're going to come ready to play. That's just me. I think we'll know the story of this game in the first, you know, 16 minutes, midway through the second, whatever. We're going to know how this game's going to go. If it's going to be a dogfight or if it's just going to be a Bama route. But yep. a good one, it's a it's the game of the week. It's it's going to be a great game. Absolutely. Marcus, let's dish it your way for another lock. What do you got for us? So, Jail's going on the coast with UNC, Miami, Bama. I'm staying in the heartland of America. White collar or blue collar, whatever collar. Collar picks. I'm going Wisconsin Badgers, baby. Everybody knows I love to bet the Wisconsin Badgers early in the season because they're well coached, got a great offensive line, and a great defense. But this year, they got a little guy called Graham Mertz who got hit by the COVID bug last year, and everyone thought he had a chance to win the Heisman Trophy after he just blew up in the first couple weeks. So Wisconsin has one of the best defenses in the country with one of the probably more hyped quarterbacks in the country as far as upside. So I'm taking Wisconsin minus five and a half at home against Penn State. Um, Wisconsin is returning 16 of 22 starters, I believe. So that's, I think it's equally eight on defense, eight on offense. I'm telling you right now, if Wisconsin can run the ball, which sounds like hyperbole almost because Wisconsin always runs the ball well, if they run the ball against Penn State and give Graham Mertz time to throw and just keep the defense on their heels, Wisconsin could run away with this game because their defense is going to be scary good. So, it's more what I like about Wisconsin than more what I hate about Penn State. Wisconsin's defense is going to be a bunch of dogs. Graham Mertz, hopefully he lives up to what I think he can be. He can spin it. He looks like just a kid who knows how to win games, just a gamer. And if Wisconsin can control the line of scrimmage, which they normally do year to year, they'll handle Penn State week one. I like Wisconsin by 13. Wisconsin minus five and a half. Boom. I like that pick, Marcus. I think Wisconsin just has the star power. Graham Mertz has a lot to prove, and I think Wisconsin's going to jump out to a good start of the season this year. Penn State's supposed to be great, but, I mean, it's, uh, it's just a big week. Wisconsin's also at home, so I think uh, – I think – all home teams this year are going to have somewhat of an advantage, especially if you're coming from the East Coast who, you know, they barely had fans. You're going to Wisconsin. It's going to be a party. Dude, in Madison. Madison is going to be jumping. No pun intended with jump around, but that shit's going to be banging, dude. Wisconsin, it, it you know, and it's really, <laughs> I just hope Grant Mertz steps up to the moment. 
I just hope I hope he plays well, doesn't do stupid shit, doesn't try to force force the play, just do what he's been doing because he's a good quarterback. But I'm telling you that Wisconsin defense is what's gonna is what's gonna cover this spread because Penn State's good, but Wisconsin's defense is gonna keep the ball in Mertz's hands. And like I said, Wisconsin by 13. Hell yeah. Marcus, I've got one more pick, and then we're going to dish it back to you for the final pick of this week. I mentioned to you earlier that I'm taking a situational approach to this week. That means I don't know exactly who all the guys are. I don't know how good they're going to be. But what we do know is the situations these teams are going to be facing when they come to game day. And here's a situation that I love. And I also think that betters across the country are just going to throw their money in the wrong way because they're used to doing it. And this pick is UCLA plus three at home against LSU. Another dog at home I'm rolling with. Here's the reasons why I think this is a great bet. Reason number one, LSU has had to face the challenge of Hurricane Ida. They've had to change where they practice over the last week and a half or so to Houston. They're having team meetings in Hyatt ballrooms. They're asking a lot of these kids to adapt, to change, to do a lot of the things they didn't sign up for. This is distracting, especially if you're a young player. I don't like where the mindset is going to be for this LSU team coming into this game. I'll I'll table that thought for now. On the other side of the table, UCLA. I know they played Hawaii. Hawaii did not look good. But here's what I did see with UCLA. They have a monster O-line. I mean, these guys look NFL ready across the board. They big, physical, move as a unit. They look well coached. They were opening holes all day. And Zach Charbonnet, the stud running back for UCLA, watched the fuck out for beast. that kid. Beast. Absolute beast. I mean, let, uh, let me just... I, I need to look at these stats again really quick. He only carried the ball six times against Hawaii. He had 106 yards and three touchdowns. That means half the time he touches the ball, he's taking it to the house. Well, and jail in 2019, he averaged like six yards per carry whenever, you know, like it was you know, two or three years. You know, two and years let ago. me, let me go a little, I'm not a numbers guy. Everyone knows I'm not, but let me throw some numbers at you. So if your running back scores a touchdown 50% of the time in the first game, he's a big play back, right? Yes. So. Here's what I see with LSU and their run defense. They place in the bottom third in rush yards allowed per game. And conversely, to that stat, they had in offenses that ran the ball against them, they ran the ball less than almost the other two-thirds of the league. So that means they still allowed a large amount of yards while still... The teams didn't really want to run that much against them, meaning they give up big play runs. Yeah, so yeah, and so this is a big run back. So like, they're this not, is they're such not a getting... bad matchup for for LSU, and I 
I see so many betters getting scorched on LSU this weekend, and I'm not going to be on that wrong side. I'm taking UCLA plus three. Marcus, your thoughts? It's always been a head scratcher for me why more teams don't try to run the football on LSU. It's almost like a uh, what I'm drawing a blank here, like a like a hype thing. Like, if you look at why teams have beat LSU the last couple of years, it's because they just pound the ball up on them. And especially when Joe Burrow was there, even though they won the national championship, kind of a tough comparison. But they gave up a lot of rush yards on not a lot of rush attempts because teams felt like they had to keep up with that offense. UCLA, even though they have a very dynamic quarterback, they if, if UCLA comes out and runs the fucking football, this game will be close. I My only worry, I love this pick. I really like this pick because I was impressed with UCLA. My only worry, JL, is if UCLA tries to spread it out and get in a shootout with LSU, then this game just goes AWOL, and it's just whoever has the ball last wins. So we'll see. Yeah, I... I think I think Chip Kelly has this team where they want where he wants them, and they're coached well. Well, it's gonna be a great coaching matchup between Ed Ogeron and Chip Kelly. I can't wait to watch. Well, and you look at even the game against Hawaii, UCLA passed the ball and had big passing plays because Hawaii just was clueless against the run. I mean, their defensive backs were having to come downhill and try to make tackles on that running back, and it just wasn't happening, and they were exhausted, and then they just dumped it over their head. So UCLA looks really good. I I hope UCLA is as good as we think, and Hawaii just isn't that bad. But, um, again, LSU, it's one of those other teams that people walk into the sports book week one, and they're going to go to Vegas with their boys. Like, hey, let's bet on LSU, dude. It's a lock. No, not this week. <laughs> like, we got to fucking bet Coach O. Go Tiger. Go Tiger. No, that's it's, that's what the books are going to take advantage of. Uh, I love that pick. So, if you don't mind, I'm going to go to my final pick. and Take it away, Marcus. Take it away. I think... In our pre-production meeting, we are crowning this, crowning it with the coveted week one lock of the week. So, and it's my pick, which adds even more pressure to me. But we talked about this pick a lot, and I feel very confidently about this pick. So, here we go. Going to my boys in Morgantown, traveling to Maryland. West Virginia at Maryland, under 57. Hear me out. West Virginia had a top four defense in all of college football last year, returning nine starters, nine starters. For yards against, West Virginia was number four in the country. Maryland throws the ball over half the time. West Virginia also had a top five pass defense. And they're returning their entire secondary. Their entire secondary is back. So, great things for West Virginia's defense. But here's the more important thing, if you kind of look in between the lines here. West Virginia is going to have to run the football for this game to stay close. Because I don't think they have the threats on the edge. 
And I and I know Jared Daigie's supposed to be improving, and everyone's talking about how good he looks. But Letty Brown's a senior. West Virginia has to establish the run game, and Maryland isn't going to be able to sling it around our defense because we have one of the best defenses in the country statistically. And I just think Neil Brown, the way I've seen him coach, he's going to want to come out and just control the ball, keep this thing as low torque as possible. On the road, week one, typical Neil Brown win. I see this game, I guess the line at 46. I see this game scoring around an NFL total, 45, 45 and a half. Um, I like West Virginia to win strictly because of their defense and Letty Brown. I think Letty Brown has a good day on the ground. But I don't know if I can sell it any better. West Virginia at Maryland under 57. Marcus, I love that pick. And that's a situation. I told you I'm a situational guy this week. And I'm out of breath. You just painted you just painted a situation. West Virginia has to establish the run now, and they're going to. Neil Brown, you know, he's an old school kind of coach. Like they, he does the little things, and I see them coming out. Yeah, hostile environment. Get the ball on the ground, establish the run, and wear these guys down. Well, it's let's be think a of it. Let's think of it this way. Think of it this way. If West Virginia doesn't run the ball, then they're not going to score many points. Which means Maryland's going to have to score 40 for this thing to go over, which isn't going to happen. If West Virginia doesn't run the ball, this game could be very boring, very low scoring. Yeah, I just don't think – I think Neil Brown's just a smarter coach than that. I think they're going to come out and pound the ball. I think – I'm starting to buy what Neil Brown's selling just because how well – like you look at the Dana Holgerson teams, we didn't block and tackle well. We just had talent all over the field. The new brand of West Virginia is more of an old school, you know, down and dirty. We're gonna out block you. We're gonna out tackle you. And yeah, dude, under fifty seven seems fucking crazy. Seems crazy to me, dude. I can't I agree. Like I keep I think looking at fifty seven, and like Very even soft. even if. Even if it was 47, if it was 47, I would almost consider taking the under. I probably wouldn't. I'd probably take West Virginia minus three if it was under, if if the total was at 47. But now it's at 57, I had to change my bet. It has to be under 57. It has to be. Lock of the week. I'm fired up, man. I can't wait. Hell yeah, Marcus. Well, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we have laid down six picks for y'all for this weekend to get this year started off with some cash in your pocket. Marcus, I'm done tonight. I'm ready to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and eat enough blazing wings to give me diarrhea for a week and watch Minnesota and Ohio State. Do you have any closing thoughts for tonight? Anything to send our audience off? into the pile of money awaiting them this weekend. I'll just say this. Not one of our picks, but Minnesota. We talked about offensive lines. One of the most experienced offensive lines in college football right now. So that line was at 14. Maybe watch for uh, Minnesota at home to keep that thing a little close.
Just a little. There's no way I'll have this edited in time, but but it's worth it. keeping in the record. Hear it. Worth keeping in the record. Well, the game's already started. I'm just saying. And I'm coming out saying when this comes out and Minnesota only loses by seven. I said it. But if Ohio State wins by forty, I didn't bet it. So uh, fuck yeah. you. It's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win for Marcus. It's a win-win for the Spread Brothers. It's a win-win for our audience. Marcus, I'm so happy to have things kicked off again this year. Let's get into this weekend. I hope everyone has as much success as we're going to have. As always, parlay all the picks just for a little. Because we do it a few times a year. We did it twice. A few times a year, it's going to happen. So put them all together. Five, ten bucks, whatever. But bet these games. Make some money with us. We're so happy to be back. We love you guys. We will see you next week for a full slate of NFL and NCAA. We can't wait to get this going and make money every week. So far up in your baby, you'll be winning knees. I like to toss it with my peace by sipping, drinking, smoking weed. You can pop in ecstasy, we'll take your ass to ecstasy. One in your mouth, one in your back, tapping ass like piano keys. One bitch try to handle me, met her down on Miami Beach. Pussy like a camel toe, ass shaped like a Georgia peach. Pop me a stamina RX and bam, don't it free. I don't know what she was thinking, I know what I wanna see. Bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, bust it, bust it wide open, bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. I'm a piece of any shit, like something you never had. Won't touch it. You really got me, won't fuck it, little mama. What it gon' take to get some of that 12 play? You really got me, won't touch it. You really got me, won't fuck it, little mama. What it gon' take to get some of that 12 play? Mommy, you looking good with your little ass. You got a bit don't gas. Got a nigga wantin' it, and you better stop doing that. Cause the way you sick ass got me, won't dry my pants. Get behind, throw up my hands. Look at the monster in that pussy. No kicking, I beat it up like plies. If that pussy smell like water. But I might eat up. Yes, ma'am, I'm a freaking something. I'm a fiend for yellow bone. I'm trick for some super head in love with the red bones. He's one on the roof of my home. Think I'm just mopping high. Give a nigga some of that pussy before I take it, my Pull your draw to the side. Let me sell my cobra inside. And take your ass on a roller coaster ride. Bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, bust it, bust it wide open, bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. Bust it, bust it wide open, then I tell her, bring it back. I'm a piece of any shit, she's like something.